For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. My, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. The Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. Welcome back to another season of Pack Therapy. It's a new football season. We've got a new face in this studio. we got Mike Glennon, Wolfpack legend. Former NFL quarterback, and now with the Pack of Wolves Collective, Mike. Do you know what you've gotten yourself into here? I, I think I do. I mean, heading into this first week, I'm getting a lot of positive vibes from you. But I got to enjoy this while I can because okay. it could change quickly. You know, this pack therapy. I want it to be positive. You, on the other hand, I'm not sure exactly what you're going to bring, but I know that we got a lot of positive energy as we head into this first week of the season going against ECU. So. Let's get into it. I'm looking forward to it. It's interesting you bring up that you're going to be the positive one. You know, you and I together, we're in something called the Garner Golf Gambling Group. If the NFL people are listening, it's golf. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to bet on golf. And within the group, there are certain people. Let's let's just say Josh Goodson, who you work with on the Pack of Wolves Collective, who said, all right, so basically Mike's going to be the good cop and you're going to be the bad cop. That's what you're saying here. And I was like, Listen, just because I'm a realist doesn't mean I am the bad cop, okay? So we should probably start that. We should start the podcast that way with an understanding of our roles. I like it. Lay it all out there. Okay. That being said, I am very bullish on this NC State team because I believe this is a three-year cycle. This isn't just a one-year team. You know, it started in 2020 when Dave Doran remade his coaching staff, when in a pandemic these players basically had nothing else but football and played pretty much only ACC games and were pretty good in the ACC that year, winning seven games. So to me, I look at NC State and I go, okay, it's not just this year, it's the culmination of the past three years. That being said, they head into this season ranked number 13 in the AP. It's the highest they've ever been in the preseason, or equals the highest they've ever been in the preseason. But they weren't picked to win the ACC. They're not in the top 10. 13 is good, but it's not the top 10. I think there's probably a difference between those numbers. My question to you as an actual player, and I'm a student of NC State history. You're you're the player. You're the actual football expert. Do expectations matter? They absolutely do. They do. I think it sets a standard, and I think – the players, I don't think the expectations are created by the media, by the fans. I think these players have created these expectations for themselves. And their standard is higher than it's ever been and, and their goals and aspirations. You know, every year teams go into the, the beginning of the season, hey, I want to win an ACC championship. And I think everyone thinks it's attainable, but in the back of their mind, I'm sure there's some years where like, yeah, I don't really know. This year, these guys have the confidence and believe we, we can do this. We can win the ACC, and I think the stars have a line for them, like you said. It, it's kind of been a cycle with Dave Dorn as a head coach. You look back 
to that previous cycle. It was, you know, with Bradley Chubb and Ryan Finley and Naeem Hines, and all of a sudden these guys were old. And the last year before they go to the NFL, they have a good season and almost knock off Clemson. And really, Clemson, I don't, you know better than me, they might have gone on to win the national championship that year. No, that was their Kelly Bryant year. They ended okay. up losing in their first playoff game that year. Okay, either way. I mean, but that, that's pl- the down year team. for Clemson, right? And I think this year, after beating Clemson last year, these guys now know we go to down Death Valley October 1st. We can beat these guys. We did it last year. We can do it again. And I think that'll end up being the game of the year. But back to your original question, do expectations matter? They absolutely do. I think Clemson, you know, if there wasn't expectations, Clemson to go into a bowl game every year would just, you know, that, the fan base isn't happy with that. The okay. players aren't happy with that. Okay. The players have an expectation that at Clemson, we're going to go to the college football playoff. At NC State now, the expectation is we're going to play in an ACC championship. Interesting to hear you say that because I think about your first year as a starter, 2011, and you tuned everything out around you as a player. You were able to do that. You replaced Russell Wilson, and there was an expectation on you, but that was your expectation. That was Tom O'Brien's expectation. That wasn't the outside expectation, right? right? Think- like So there's two different portions of expectations here. And that's what I think I'm getting. I think these players have an expectation, and to me, it's more of a of a I mean, standard they, than an expectation. Yeah, they were seven and three in the league during the pandemic. That's pretty good. Only only Clemson and Notre Dame that year had a better record in the league. Last year, they're six and two in the league, and you know they lost to Wake. They lose a game down at Wake, which happens, as you know, strange things happen in Winston Salem, and we'll get to that on uh, as the season goes along on this podcast. But six and two in the league last year. With wins over Clemson, wins over Carolina, the two preseason teams. And I guess that's where I'm kind of coming at it. I hear some people say, well, Carolina last year was preseason top 10. They were picked to win the division. And you could even hear Mac Brown kind of retcon that thing this year where he says, I-, I think we listened too much to the hype. I think we believed our own hype. I look at NC State this year and I go, again, not picked to win the division or, or the league, not in the top 10. So it almost... It almost feels like it might even be motivating for NC State this year. I think Dave has done a great job embracing this, and it's not—they're not—they're not, they're not going to run away from it. Right. They're just going to embrace it. And when you have a veteran group, when you have ten ten guys returning on on defense, is it? Yeah, pretty much everybody but Vi Jones on defense. And and you have a quarterback that's extremely cerebral and doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. I don't think he's paying attention to the noise now. You know, there's a difference between pay attention to the noise and expectations and standards. And I think that Devin Leary is so even-keeled that he's not really worried about what the outside world is saying. When you have 10 guys returning on defense, they're not – you can play cohesive as a group. And and when you have that, that's where you're, you don't have those games that might get away, um, where you're overconfident. I think these, these guys are going to come out and show that they belong. And uh, between that defense – and the quarterback returning, I'm with you. I'm very bullish on this season. All right, so I'm Joe Giglio. Work here at 99.9 The Fan. Listen to us every day on the OG 3-6. to six. Mike Glennon played quarterback at NC State 2011-2012. Started. That's, those are your two years of starting. I don't want to shortchange your other three years. You, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that front. Uh, played in the NFL for nine years. Now, I'm introducing you to this media game here, and there is nothing that says I'm in the media more then going through the schedule and picking a team's record. Before we do that officially, as media people now, did you ever do this as a player? 
Did no. you ever go through the schedule and go, okay, win this, win, lose that? Okay, no. maybe we win that. No. Did you ever do it? No, the only thing I would do is I'd look at the schedule and see how many cold games we have. Cold <laughs> games. Cold games, yeah. Go right, right to the end. You know, see if we're playing BC at the end of the year up at BC, what those games might look like. You know, I, as a player, you don't go through, you know, checking checking off uh, wins and losses. That's that's a that's a recipe to let expectations go downhill quickly. Roy Williams once told me a story that John Wooden every year at the UCLA coach, the legend, would go through his schedule and circle the losses or pick out the games he thought they would lose at the beginning of the year. And at the end of the year, would take the paper out of his desk and look and see which ones he got right and which ones he got wrong. Now, when you win ten national titles, yeah. I mean, it was his <laughs> Sometimes blank. there's nothing on that paper. Yeah. Uh, but Roy said he never tried to do that in his coaching career. He just he couldn't bring himself to do it. But funny to note that John Wooden did what we're about to do right now, which is predict NC State's record for this season. Now, longtime listeners of Pack Therapy are going to note. Your former teammate and our friend Brandon Bishop last year cor- correctly predicted a nine and three finish for the Wolfpack on this podcast. I had them at eight and four. I will not use this time to qualify that I was an onside kick away from being right and Brandon being wrong. I will just say Brandon was right because those were the numbers. Nine and three was his prediction last year. So I'm not going to go through the whole schedule game by game, but I think we know the highlights here, right? Opening up Saturday at East Carolina where NC State has lost on their last two trips, 26, 2016, 2010. The, uh, the notable non-conference game at home is against Texas Tech. That's on September 17th. Red Raiders aren't quite in their salad days of Cliff Kingsbury or Mike Leach, but still a Power 5 opponent. The big one everyone has circled is at Clemson October 1st. That game's on the road. Mike, the one that I am most worried about, yes, even more so than the Clemson game, is the following week against Florida State at home on the 8th. Other highlights include a Thursday night game against Virginia Tech. They do get Wake Forest here. That game's in November. I'm guessing Sam Hartman will be back by then. We'll have to see how that works out. And then the season concludes with a pair of tricky road games. Well, a pair of road games, one that could be tricky, at Louisville on November 19th, which is a Saturday. And then it concludes with the Friday, the day after Thanksgiving game, which is in Chapel Hill. 12 regular season games. The Wolfpack's record on November 25th is going to be, Mike Glennon says. 10 and 2. 10 and 2. Joe Giglio says 10 and 2. Ooh. Let's see now where we differ. What what do you see of the two losses being? I... Everyone talks about control we control. You know, I heard last night on uh, the, the Inside Access show, Dave Dorn say we're our biggest opponent. And I think the, I don't want to say the key to NC State season, but a huge part is going to be how does DJ Uyangale develop? If he develops, that game scares me. But if he doesn't, I think uh, NC State can knock him off. If he's the quarterback or the freshman. Kate Klubnik, yeah. Kate Klubnik. Clemson's going to be in a tough spot. You know, if DJ doesn't show signs of improvement, what do we do? They can't wait to week four to break this quarterback in his first career start is against NC State. I don't think that would be smart of them. Now, with that being said, I do think NC State knocks off Clemson. The Florida State game scares me. If Sam Harm is back, that could be up in the air. And then those last two games scare me as well. So going pick to two. Louisville, you got to pick two. If I had to pick two, I'm going with 
they lose to Florida State and Louisville. Okay. Just so you know, when we are on a show together like this, it's better when we disagree on things. However, those are my two losses. I think Florida State's the game. I don't know why I believe in Mike Norvell. I do, for unknown reasons. Maybe it's the way that they closed last year. Much of their success is going to depend on Jordan Travis and his health, though. He didn't play against NC State last year, and that was one of the few games in the second half of the season that Florida State didn't play well in. And Louisville is the other one. That's a trap. As the season goes along, we'll talk a little bit more about traps here on the pack therapy. But I suspect that's another one of those things that is actually real. Yeah, the, re- the reason why I picked those two is kind of what you said is the quarterbacks. These are wild card quarterbacks that can beat you with their legs. And those you just don't know. I mean, Jordan Travis could break for an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah. Malik Cunningham could easily go for 150 on the ground and another 300 in the air. So when you have those type of players, you know, it, it could just take – do they have a hangover after, you know, potentially beating Clemson and Florida State comes in town and – Yes, historically, NC State has played well at Florida State, but maybe you know this this group is is different in that it has a hangover effect. And then that Louisville game definitely scares me. That's you know, you're the, coming uh, off of uh, who's next the senior night <laughs> the week before, which seems yeah. super early. The senior yeah. day is going to be third to last game. Are you looking ahead to Carolina the next week? Um, those two games. Are the are the ones that scare me? All right. Well, when we come back here on Pack Therapy. We'll answer the important question. We both think 10-2. and two. Is that going to be enough to win the ACC championship for the first time since 1979? We'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Pack Therapy. It's our podcast. I'm Joe Giglio, your host, along with Mike Lennon. Pack Therapy is brought to you by Pack of Wolves, an NIL collective, empowering Wolfpack athletes, engaging Wolfpack fans. All right, Mike, we both gave a prediction of 10-2 and two on the season for NC State, what we believe they will go this year. We should probably note NC State's only one reached the double-digit mark in one season. That was t- 2002, Phillip Rivers' junior year. They still ended up 5-3 and three in the league that year. So can NC State do what they haven't done since 1979 this football season, and that is win the ACC championship? I believe this is the year. You know, you go back to Phillip Rivers. I think Devin Leary in his fifth year here at NC State with this defense, I think this is the year. And, you know, if, if they go 10-2, and two, that might require Clemson losing another game, which I think is, is going to happen. Um, so I think this is the year that the Wolfpack finally gets over the hump and uh, heads down to Charlotte and, and can bring the title home back to Raleigh. Okay, once again, it doesn't necessarily make for great radio, if you will, that we agree on this, but I'm with you. I don't think this is vintage Clemson. I don't think they're 11 and 1. I don't think they're 12 and 0. Uh, I think they're a team that is going through a transition. I, they're not going to fall off the face of the earth. They're not going to go 7 and 5. But I think last year is probably more in line of what we can expect from Clemson until they get themselves another 
Deshaun Watson, another Trevor Lawrence. And to be even fair to the quarterback, New Hopkins is not walking through the door. Mike Williams is not walking through the door on that roster. Justin Ross, not walking through the door. They've had a severe drop-off in their receiving core, and I don't think they've fixed that problem unless they have some magic freshmen that we haven't seen yet. So those are my thoughts on Clemson. We're in lock and step on that. Let's talk about this, though, because your fifth year at NC State, 2012, Devin Leary is now going into his fifth year at NC State. I got to imagine for you, you had to feel like you were at the height of your powers, uh, not only of the mastery of a system working with Dana Bible, but also just being comfortable in playing the game of college football at an ACC level. Do you take us a little bit into that mindset of going into that fifth year and just where you were comfort-wise and how you expected to perform? There's a confidence level that Devin's going to have going into this year. He he proved to himself, he proved to his teammates, he proved to the, the rest of the conference how good of a player he is. And that's why he was voted the preseason player of the year. And what I've seen from Devin is he seems like he's more vocal. And I think that comes from the confidence he has is that his teammates look at him through a different lens now. They, they see him as a guy. They see him as the best player in the ACC. So that confidence um, – just spreads throughout the locker room and when when you're confident as a quarterback when the locker room's confident in you that's just a you know a great recipe for success and mentally um like you you hit on the the mastery of the offense the the confidence I felt going into my fifth year under coach bible system now I had only really played one year of it but just through that one year of playing it and all those reps at training camp Devin's gonna feel the same way now he he's had multiple offensive coordinators but he is at that point of his career where he takes the field and he can play without thinking. There's no more thinking involved. The game slows down even more. And he was extremely efficient last year. Yeah. Ratio 35 to 5, touchdowns to interceptions, touchdowns to interceptions. That's going to be hard to match. But I think we can expect to see another 35 touchdown year out of him, if not more. So – um, he's, he's mentally going to be in a great place physically. He's going to be the best he's been. So, um, I, I know that feeling that I had going into that last year and I imagine he's feeling the same way. Well, let's touch on that. That's a fine point, but let's touch on this real quick. You spend five years with Dana Bible. You know something right now. Devin Leary's in year three with Tim Beck. You know something, right? You get to the NFL you're with Oakland, you're with Arizona, you're with the Jaguars, you're with, I mean, you're an adult and I get that part of it, but that's difficult to every year have to pick something up new. And that's where Devin was at the beginning of his college career. You know, Eli Drinkwitz, then it's Des Kitchings, then it's Tim Beck. I mean, how, how, how much more reassuring is it to just know the language and to know the familiarity with your offensive coordinator and play caller? I mean, yeah, I went through in, Nine years in the NFL, I had 10 different offensive coordinators, eight different offenses. So I just expected every year, hey, I'm going to learn a new offense. Right. And you get kind of good at it. <laughs> now, I had a lot of experience with it. I was older. I was more mature. Doing that in your first three years of college, that's not easy. Um, and I think he has the confidence now. I've seen his relationship with Coach Beck. And Coach Beck has done a phenomenal job with him. He doesn't try to bog him down. He doesn't put 
too much on his plate. He puts just enough where he thinks his quarterback can handle this amount and that allows him to play fast. He doesn't want him at the line of scrimmage overthinking things. He just wants him playing fast and doing what he does best, and that's throwing the football. And Devin throws it as well as anyone. And as he heads into this last year, he's only going to get better, and he's going to be able to have a little bit more on his plate as he heads into this fifth year. And I've sat in the meetings. I've heard him ask the questions. He's asking all the right questions. He's asking for a little bit more on his plate. He doesn't need too much. Just a little bit more to be an extension of that coach on the field, and he's ready to take that next step this year. When you say a little bit more, without trying to give away any trade secrets here, does that mean the ability to audible? Does that mean calling some of his own plays in a hurry-up situation? What what does that mean to you? I think it means little subtle things as far as more nuance. I have this look. You know, Mike, the the DB is playing a certain way. I'm going to signal my receiver this route. They're showing this blitz. I'm going to change the protection and slide to it. That way we don't have to throw high. Little subtle things that isn't, you know, if you don't do it, it's not the end of the world. But if you do do it, you turn, you may turn a bad play into a good play. Or you may turn a good play into a great play. So it's just those little subtle things of the, the chess match, match that, kind of coordinators play against each other now Devin can step in and help coach Beck if he's in a in a bad play get him to a little bit better play but it doesn't need to be done all the time he doesn't need to be out there every play trying to get themselves in a perfect play you mentioned the unbelievable numbers from last season here they are Devin Leary completed 65 percent of his his passes for 3,433 yards had 35 touchdowns five interceptions now you mentioned Tim Beck and the way that he's kind of gone about building this offense Tim Beck's the third different offense coordinator under Dave Doran. And Dave Doran, my one of the, my favorite things that Dave has ever said was, you pass to score, you run to win. And it might have even been to their detriment last year that they tried to run as much as they did because they probably felt like they had two plus backs in Ricky Person and Bam Knight. The biggest question mark for this NC State team is at running back. Jordan Houston's a guy who's been in the program, has been a change of pace. Only touched the ball 20 times last year, though. I, I don't know if they're going to just jump in and, and give everything to him. Demi Sumo is a kid we haven't seen, was the uh, scout team player of the year on offense last year. I suspect my Spidey's senses are tingling a little bit. We're going to see a little bit of him starting Saturday uh, at, in Greenville. I think he could be an important part of the offense. But I wonder, it, it, my concern for Devin is maybe they try to ask him to do too much this year. And you can get caught up maybe in a Sam Howell situation last year where you're like, oh, no, I only threw seven interceptions the year before. Now all of a sudden I've got seven in the first three games. You know, Some, something along those lines. That's my concern for Devin. When you look at it as a quarterback, what do you see as a potential concern for Devin Leary heading into this season? I, he just needs to let loose and not worry about those numbers. It's honestly re- unrealistic for him to throw less than five interceptions. Yes. <laughs> so he needs to get that in his head right now. Right. I'm probably going to throw more than five interceptions this year. And I'm going to have to do more than I did last year because they lost their two running backs. They lost the number six overall pick at left tackle, who was an absolute mauler when they ran the ball. So they're going to have to find ways to make up for those yardage that they had last year. And it's probably going to come from Devin throwing the ball more. And 3,500 yards, I think he'll eclipse 4,000 this year. And if NC State has the success they want, they're going to have to because he's the best player on their team, and they're going to have to find ways to let him make more plays. What does he have to do better? I don't – you know, I just think he needs to continue to grow and mature in this offense and, like we said, take more ownership of it. 
and do the best he can of, of limiting the turnovers. But I thought you bring up a great point. He needs to get in his head right now that I am probably going to throw the ball or throw more than five interceptions this year. Because if he starts thinking about and that's that, okay. That's like okay. you had an unbelievable statistical year last yeah, year. If he, that's like a blip. That's if, not if he normal. goes for thirty five and ten. That's still a, a good ratio. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we want to keep it as low as possible, but at the end of the day, the interceptions happen, and you know he he'll be, he'll be fine. I don't think he he buys into that stuff. Um, and uh, but NC State is going to have to see more out of Devin Leary this year, not because he played bad last year. I'm not saying that way. Just to make up yeah. for that, that the pieces that they're missing this year. We appreciate you listening to Pack Therapy. I'm your host, Joe Giglio. That's Mike Glennon. We'll be back next Friday. And we appreciate the Pack of Wolves and NIL Collective empowering Wolfpack athletes, engaging Wolfpack fans. All right, Mike, let's leave the people with a prediction for Saturday's game in Greenville. I of I'm of the mind that NC State, this is this is Dave Doran's best team. Year 10, all of the reasons we spoke about, the one reason we haven't, COVID, gave a lot of players an extra year of eligibility, particularly on the defensive side. You have a player in Peyton Wilson coming back who, if he hadn't gotten hurt early last year, he's in the NFL right now. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he's in the NFL right now. But you have this extra year. You have this extraordinary circumstance. I like what Mike Houston has done at ECU. I do. They went seven and five last year. He has them moving in the right direction. You look at his track record, they're going to be a good team this year. And I think they'll be a good team, and you know they're going to show up on Saturday. I still think NC State wins this game. And I still think they probably cover the number two. What do you see happening Saturday I, in Greenville? Noon start. I see an easy cover. Not, I was going to say easy. I expect them to cover. I think this is a 17 point win for NC State. And I, at the end of the day, the superior talent that NC State has is going to show on the field. That defense, those linebackers, that defensive line, the secondary, Devin Leary, Thayer Thomas, Devin Carter, it's just going to be too much for ECU to handle. When you don't have a preseason, which you don't in college football, which one's usually ahead of the other, the defense early in the season or the offense? I think the defense usually is. Now, tackling can be an issue, um, but NC State's going to pick up right where they left off last year. They have that cohesiveness on the defense. Devin's going to pick up right where he left off, and I, I think NC State rolls over the Pirates in uh, Greenville this weekend. Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. We're also on WRALsportsfan.com. You can catch us on WRAL Sports Plus as well. Mike Glenn will be back next Friday right here for another session of Pack Therapy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. What better way to start season two of PAC therapy than a conversation with the boss, NC State Athletic Director Boo Corrigan. Actually, he's not just the boss of NC State this college football season. He's also the chair of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. Let's have a chat with Boo Corrigan. All right, Boo Corrigan is going to be wearing two hats this football season. The first hat, of course, is his normal one, his full-time job, the NC State Athletic Director. But the other hat is the chair of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. And Boo, I feel like... This is one of those years that some people, when they enjoy being busy and enjoy having a lot to do, this is one of those years that they would look forward to. How do you kind of approach this 2022 college football season, which promises to be, at the very least, very active for you? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's good to be able to to talk with you again. Um, You know, excited about our football season our upcoming football season and, and, you know, the young men that chose to came back and the relationships and you can see it on the uh, ACC network, the all access show. And, and, you know, I, I don't always say things the right way, Joe, but you know, you can sense real affection amongst our, amongst our team and coaches and staff and everyone. So I'm really excited about that. We've got a mature team. We've got a talented team. Um, and I'm really looking forward to to starting the season on Saturday. Uh, the the CFP hat, you know, got honored to be the, the chair. I think I'm the fourth or fifth person to be the chair of the CFP. Uh, it's a 13 member committee, counting myself. And you know, for seven consecutive weekends, we get to talk, think all about college football, and that sounds like a lot of fun to me. This truly feels like a three year process for this football team for nc state football and Mm -hmm. it kind of coincides with your arrival in raleigh so i'm curious you know last year nine and three you know great season for dave doran eight and four in the pandemic was about all that anyone could ask for given all of those circumstances but after the 19 season you know you go four and eight and you you have to have a hard conversation with your football coach and I'm guessing you could have pointed to the light at the end of the tunnel, but take me back to those conversations because it does seem to be how we got here to this point where NC State enters the season, you know, with their highest preseason ranking ever and, and really with a chance to truly win the ACC for the first time in 43 years. Well, I, I think a lot of it, when I think back to 19, is, uh, is about gaining trust it's about creating a relationship. It's all the things that, right, frankly, Dave talks about with his team, right? And that's kind of how I approach my job is, is having those conversations. And the conversations are not anything other than what do you think we need to do to get better, right? And, and I think I've said it before, and we've talked about this. Patience isn't always popular, right? right? I mean, I mean there, there's that. Well, let's change. Well, let's change. Well, if you believe in the coach that you have, what can we do administratively? What what can we do to help, um, you know, with travel, with staff, with staff pools, with uh, new staff? If there's an unfortunate situation where someone's not working out, do do you buy out the contract and bring someone else in? And and we really did. uh, Dave was incredibly self-reflective during that time. And, you know, very proud of 
where he was as he came out of that, right? Because, you know, Joe, you've been around enough coaches. It's it's a dark period when you're not winning. Yeah. And they, they're, they're so uh, reflective and, and everything gets really small a lot of times and they bring it on to themselves. And, you know, he was able to rise up, look at everything and has just done a great job. And we've got a great crew of coaches right now, student athletes that had opportunities to leave, that chose to come back. Only school uh, believe in the conference that returned all of our assistant coaches and that, that continuity means something, and, and to me it means that they they like each other, they play hard for each other, they're committed to each other, and, and you know I think that's part of the reason we're uh, as optimistic as we are for this season. Where do you think that patience comes from for you? Because the easy play, obviously, is, you know, hey, man, you're the new AD. The guy just went four and eight. The real easy play is to just go out and get your own guy, but you chose patience. Where, where does that come from with you? I, probably being the, the, the son of a coach and the brother of a coach and the husband of a coach yeah. and, you know, just understanding it's so, it's so hard to win. It's just hard to win. It's not, um, you know, it's not a math test. that's going to punch you in the face. You study for the math test. You do, you, you take the test, right. And you either study the right things or you didn't. It's not, you know, there's a whole nother team that's trying to beat you, right? That, that's studying your tendencies and doing everything. So I think it's really hard. And one thing I did um, really pick up on early is how hard, um, how hard our students play, right? And there was never a give up. There was never a moment of, you know, anything other than they were fighting their tails off all that season and they were coaching and you could see it coming a little bit, right. With all the young players that we had out there, but I believe in our coaches. And I think what I owe them is what else can I do from, from where I sit? And, you know, I don't like saying I, but what, you know, what can we do administratively to help them to eliminate anything that any barriers, if you will, and allow them to focus, and just coach. Don't worry about ticket sales. Don't worry about social media. Don't worry about anything else. Worry about coaching your team. So if you can coach, recruit, retain, develop, and mentor every day, sounds like a pretty good day as a coach. NC State Athletic Director Boo Corrigan taking some time for us here on PAC Therapy this week. And speaking of this season and this team and this three-year process, at media day in charlotte i was struck by the players that we talked to you know devin leary drake thomas isaiah moore and dave doran i I truly kind of believe sometimes you have to go through some bad to get to the good and obviously to me it was obvious all of them were still frustrated by the bowl experience last year but in some ways now that football is back in here and knock on wood please it almost feels like it's it's fueling them in an off season that otherwise would have been, oh my gosh, all this attention is on NC State. Oh my gosh, everybody wants to say all these nice things about NC State. It really seems to have focused the group and really giving them something to channel their anger at. As 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 lousy as the situation was to go through then, it does seem like there potentially is a payout for it. Yeah, it was such it was such an emotional thing. Right, because again, think about think about our our students 
our coaches, our staff, you've, you've been out there for five days, right, amping towards playing a game, right? So, so literally your mindset is, all right, I got to build to this moment, right? And I'm three hours away from leaving to go to that game, and all of a sudden it's not happening. Right, there was no indication. It wasn't a, hey, there's this out there, there's that out there. Literally, everything is building to that moment, and all of a sudden, it's over. And we worked with the bowl, we worked with the conference, we worked with television, we worked ourselves every phone line we could to try to find a game. And and the reality was, we there was no one to play, you know. And the only thing you were hoping. You know, and this is not – I'm not going to say it's the right way, Joe, but yeah. you're hoping that someone else cancels out sure. so you can play a game, but you don't want to wish ill on anybody. That's not how, not, not how I live my life. So it's – you know, that emotion of that – I was talking to someone yesterday. I think we've had 60 practices mm. since – Since last playing. We Since we played our last game. Yeah. Right, because you got all the ball prep, and then you got spring ball, and then you got fall camp. You know, we haven't been on the field against another team in eight months. Yeah, that that that's a long time for that to be your final thing. And by the way, pretty cool final game, right? Yeah, traditional <laughs> traditional game, <laughs> Holiday Bowl. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you know, and all of that. And, Power and five coming opponent. off of, coming off of the win against Carolina, yeah. and you're playing UCLA, and and it's a big. The Holiday Bowl is a great bowl. You know, it really is. So, you know, historically, they're, they're great games and they're, you know, high-powered games and it's gone. So, yeah, I, I think they do have memories of that. All right, one more question that's going to bleed into both of your hats here. But, but I want people are going to be confused by this, so let's straighten it out. You're the chair of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. That means you're in charge of, in a room with a, with your peers, of picking the four teams will be in this year's playoff. You have no say in if the playoff expands or not as, as a part of that committee. But as the NC State AD, where, do you like the idea of the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams? Yeah, th- thank you for clarifying yeah. all that. <laughs> so, I didn't, so I didn't have to. Um, I am yeah, useful I mean, occasionally, I, Boo. Occasionally. No, you're great. You're, you've done a great job. Um, it, it, it's, from where I sit, yes, I think it provides more opportunities. You know, where where does everything fit in after that, right? Yeah. Where do the other bowl games fit in? Where do the the rose, the sugar, the orange, not in that order, I would say orange first because that's our affiliation, um, right? Where, where do those bowls fit in to every, to all the moving pieces? But, yeah, I think it's, I think it's proven that the four-team playoff um, has been a positive for college football, you know, is – Eight the right number is twelve the right number. I worry about any number bigger than twelve. Sure, um, candidly, but you know, I I think it's a good thing. Would be a good thing for college football. But again, our committee only worries about picking the top twenty-five. Is what we do. You actually have a new responsibility this year, though, as the chair. And I'm going to let you go on this because I I am I'm hoping you have a great answer for me. Have you picked your favorite contrived stat yet each week when you go on ESPN and you have to answer, you know, Therese Davis about or 
what's why is Michigan State number four? Why is uh, Utah number three? Uh, we've we've been given body clocks before and game control. Those are two of my favorites. I'm hoping that you yeah. have a new inventive stat or number that you'll use to to kind of uh, toy with us a little bit in the media. No, I, I I I have not gotten to that point of it. I'm just happy that I have Annabelle Myers. It's going to teach me how to do this. There you go. As, as Lean I on her. She, pra- she could be a little bit devious. <laughs> as I as I go through my practice sessions. Uh, with her, uh, you know, learning how to do this, but you know, it's. I, I think Joe, I did. I ran some numbers the other day. I think it's between thirty and forty days that I'll be out of the office talking about college football. Yeah, you, you know, and, and being a part of this. So again, I'm honored to be um, the the chair of this. It's a great group of people that care deeply, deeply about college football. We have our protocols. Um, in place of what we're looking for in in that side. We have unbelievable number of statistics. I mean, we've got access to over 200 different um, statistical analysis of uh, from a comparable standpoint. So it's, it's really detailed. And, you know, we get a lot of time watching games, you, you know, and, and you have that ability to watch um, games. They do a great job of breaking down a full game to about 45 minutes. And you can watch the whole game, and you can watch from every angle, and it's you know it's it's really a dynamic process. Boo Corrigan, I hope you enjoy this college football season, and yeah, like for real, for real, you're not allowed to talk about NC State in that in that room, or is that a wink, wink, nod, nod? No, it, it is it, it is it is for real. For real, and, okay. Uh, for, fortunately, last year um, I was out of the room a lot. You know when, when yeah, they were the talking good thing. about it. Yeah, when they were talking about us, so you know, I'm I'm fine being out of the room at that point. All right, well, keep an eye on Chet Gladcock, Chet Gladchuck, Navy guy. Never trust those Navy guys when you're an Army guy. And Grobe, right. Grobe definitely has it out for you. So keep, keep those two <laughs> things in mind for me, please. Find yourself an advocate in there, okay? Two two good good men who I got long relationships with, so I look forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Boo. Appreciate your time. All right, Joe. And I appreciate you all for listening. If you would, please subscribe and rate. Give us five stars, five stars only. Check us out, Google, Spotify, Apple. You can also listen to every episode on WRALsportsfan.com, and you can watch us every Friday at 6 o'clock on WRAL Sports Plus. See you guys next Friday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.